all youngsters from 5 to 65, we present the story of Tommy the Tuba. Once upon a time, there was a great orchestra. There were strings, there were strings, brass, woodwinds, and all the instruments were very happy. Except, that is, for once, little Tommy the Tuba. How he wished he had a tune to play, like all the others. But Tommy the tuba had no tune, and he just sat there and cried. Then, one day, he heard a voice. It was the piano. Why are you crying at the piano? Because I have no tune to play. Answered Tommy. We can soon put that right, said the piano. It's your Tommy, said the piano, and threw the little tune to the trumpet. And he threw the little tune to the trombone. And the little tune was caught by the clarinet. Then all the instruments played the little tune together. Here's your tune, Tommy, they all shouted. And they threw the little tune to Tommy. Oh, thank you, he cried, and he began to play. Larry! <laughs> Relentlessly, the Angus Spoon tune brings us the quivering microphone. This week's edition of Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, and Joe Kendall. Did you notice a missing person? Yes, you're right. Bill Oddie can't be with us tonight, but the show must go on. And here is John Otto Cleese to tell you why. Because it's fine. Sorry, I'll read that again. 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 I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Report. Today, we report on hobbies. Just how do we spend our spare time? For instance, collecting things is a popular hobby, and one which we all probably did as children. Now then, how old are you? I'm four. And, and what do you collect? I collect stamps. Do you like, do you like all the pretty colors? Yeah. And, and is that why you collect them? No, it's because they're a good investment with a yield of four and a half percent. Very good, I see. And, uh, and how old are you, young man? I'm three. And what's your name? Jimmy. And what do you collect, Jimmy? I collect worms and I collect snails. Oh, really? Well, I... <laughs> People go on collecting stamps when they grow up. Now then, this is an interesting little chap, you see. It's a genuine penny black, still on the original envelope, posted in 1887. And uh, how much did you pay for that? Oh, I didn't. It was only delivered yesterday. <laughs> yes, the latterly will get you nowhere. <laughs> collecting paintings, old jokes and works of art is... Uh, is another popular hobby amongst those who can afford it. The wealthy industrialist Maximilian Quid has a priceless art, art collection. Mr. Quid, yes. I notice many of your paintings are pictures of elderly school teachers. Yes, they are old masters. Oh. Yes. Um, I see you. You have a work here by Rubens. Yes. Van Dyke. Yes. Titian. Bless you. And, <laughs> yes. And this one here, it looks like a constable. What? Oh, no, no, no. That's a Picasso. Ah. Chief Inspector Picasso. Well, here's one 
in the rescue. It's by Leonardo. Leonardo da Vinci. No, Leonardo da Vindo. But for those of us who prefer good music, grace, and glamour, there's always ballroom dancing to avoid. <laughs> but if you don't fancy going round and round in circles with a number on your back... I'd enough of that in prison. There's always... <laughs> there's always plenty of fun to be had and lots of things to learn at night school. All right, then, you night smart enough there, you overlook. They see that armor gleaming right there tonight. Listen, dragon's fiery mode of attacking procedure for disposal. Stop talking in the ranks there. And you at the back get your plume cut. Name for the underbelly, soft white dragon fiery for you. So, you raise your lance parallel with the ground with a sharp end pointed away from you, and you get it the right way around. I don't want you riding home like this, Kabar. All right, then, you Nate. Nate, boy, Nate, you Nate. What did you Nate? Nate, this, Actually, that's uh, not the sort of night school I meant. Now he tells me. In fact, there are lots of really fascinating, useful things you can learn at night school. For instance, the art of judo. Well, there he was, following me home down this dark alleyway. Yeah. When he was asking for it, so I gave her a quick trunking. Oh. I followed that with a ten soup then a sack tie chop, oh. and finished off with a bateau jack min. Oh, what happened? Well, half an hour later, he was hungry again. <laughs> and, of course, you can take night classes and do it yourself. I didn't say a single word. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Wall Carpeting live in a house which they built entirely themselves, using materials obtainable for a few cents from your local greengrocer. I spoke to the man of the house, Walter Walcarpting. Well, it is really amazing, you know, the things you can make out of odds and ends. Uh, for instance, I made a three-piece suite out of three empty oil drums. That's, that's amazing. A three-piece suite out of three dirty old oil drums like this. That is the three-piece suite. <laughs> oh, well, uh, what else have you done? Uh, well, let me see. I made a hat stem. How, how do you make a hat stem? Feed the national anthem. Um, <laughs> And let me see. Oh, yes, I made this table. I made this table out of an old table. And, oh, I've made most of the things in this house. What about your wife? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, Mr. Walcott, I think it's been a pleasure talking to you. And now, push on. Yes, sir. You're a real top, sir. <laughs> of course. <laughs> For those of us with simpler taste, there's always the pleasure of a chat with friends at the club. <laughs> from John Cleese. You've had the ballad of Jesse James, the ballad of Bonnie and Clyde, and now here's the ballad of Oliver Cromwell.
1968, September was the first only MP for Huntington, but then he led the Iron Side Cavalry at Boston Moore in 1644 and won. Then he founded the new model army and pray be the cavalier that saved the hooray. And the king fled up north to the Scots. But under the terms of John Pym's solemn league and covenant, the Scots handed King Charles over to... And his war born in 
avoid her. No, Reuben, I don't think I could make them into individual veal and ham pies. <laughs> What about that combine harvester yesterday? Oh, well, our world muggly boinser. Sorry, I should think you are sorry. I suppose it was my fault for telling you that the machine could do just about anything, but even you should have realized that plucking chickens is delicate. Green twirling, green twirling. Yes, I, I know you plucked over 2,000 of them in 40 seconds dead. Nine of them alive. You've also plucked 14 geese, five pigs, a sparrow, three and a half sheep, left my wife bald and gave... Jenny the milkmaid, a very nasty shock. <laughs> if you're quite innocently bending over a milk churn, you don't expect a combine harvester to come up the house. Try and master! I'll spoil and Maybe, Reuben, but she'll never play the cello again. Just this once, I'll overlook it as useful high spirits. But I must warn you, Reuben, that if you cause any more trouble, you'll have to go. Go, go, dear. Tain't royally, master. Tain't royally, William Draculums. Going and crying till Jeff's army did not. Look to we I see. And royally talks you till I get my meaning. Nah. Well, Reuben, I'm glad we understand each other. Quirt legged smoother act. Oh, dear, I can't wait till he gets back to university. <laughs> And now, John, this week, you introduce the serial. And now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, for your entertainment tonight, we bring you a powerful package of pulsating fashion, an adventure story like you've never known before. It's exciting, it's terrific. It's this week's episode of your favorite serial, yes, it's absolutely great. It's wonderful. He's forgotten his name. It's the serial that's got everything. You know it. Don't tell him. Yeah, I know it. Just let him pop up. So there's no need to tell you what it's called. Yes, there is. You've built the episode one. What's it called? Oh, it's got so here. He'll panic now. Before your very eyes, I shall sing selections from Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> He'll start making animal noises anyway. <laughs> there he goes. And so without further ado, we bring you episode four of... of You're depressed. Just keep hoping. But this cycle can be written out. It could happen to me. Or even stop. Yes. So just keep hoping. But, Uncle, I think we should go and walk our battle. No, I'm afraid we can't. Why not? Well, you know when I showed you the trouser controls and explained the buttons marked up and down? Yes. Remember, remember when we escaped from Queen Elizabeth last week? Yes. And how she made a last desperate grab at the trousers? Yes. Well, I'm afraid she tore one off. <laughs> so now, I've only got one button marked up. I can make a forced landing, but I can't control where or when. Right now, we're being swept through different times and places. Oh, dear. Wait. I've got an idea. Switch on the radio. If we can pick up the local news, that should tell us where we are. Great idea. Here is the news for today, the 20th of January, 1969. In Cambridgeshire, early yesterday,
Wednesday morning. A police constable reported seeing a pair of luminous trousers travelling in a southwesterly direction at a height of 1,000 feet. The constable was sacked for being drunk on duty. Every minute now, we're getting reports of what appear to be a pair of trousers travelling at incredible speed. An air ministry spokesman says there is no cause for panic. The object is probably only a flying saucer. Sound and only world through time and space with their ears glued to the radio. Here is Beth Reich News and Hours 1942 Respect. This morning, over Berlin, there is their Spitfires, their Zeppelins, and now their Flight Brothers. <laughs> it is Hans Schneidrich, the sneaky vanisher. Here, 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 Hitler, and now. Their Flight Brothers, first blast their Flight Brothers. John, you mustn't resent it. After all, you've got a nice big motor car and a flat and fashionable Knightsbridge and six kittens and a stuffed leather rhino. I mean, all Timothy's got is his woof. You don't begrudge him that, do you? Yes. Well, what more do you want? I want to go woof. All right, you can have it. I crave not the acclaim of the masses. The sound of raucous applause means nothing to me. After all, I am a heart and an actor. To be or not. To be. <laughs> that is the question. Whether tis no slur in the mind to suffer the things and arrows of a greater fortune, or to take arms against a sea of trouble, and by opposing what? <laughs> but meanwhile, the water was flooding into the time trousers. It's all right, the water was coming in at the top, so I filled the hole in the bottom for it to flow out of. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're at the bottom of the sea. We can't go out there wearing ordinary clothes. Where's my bikini? <laughs> Quickly, they scramble into their underwater equipment. Oh, say, Uncle, what a funny place to wear a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not a snorkel, it's my pipe. I'm trying to think of it as a funny place to wear a pipe. Come on! Come on, everybody! Come on! Out we go! Gosh, I wonder how deep we are. I know. Tie this tape measure to spot, then let him swim to the surface, and he can tell us what it's like up there. What's he doing? Diving helmet. Yes, and I connected the oxygen pipe to his mouth. Oxygen pipe? It's his tail! Oh. <laughs> He's gasping for breath so hard, he can fishing himself. He's floating away! Oh, poor Spot, catch him! Too late! And so Spot met his terrible end. No more. No longer would he climb on their knees and lick them when they needed comfort. Spot was no more. Never again would they hear that friendly wolf. <laughs> At that moment, along swam a shoal of dogfish. <laughs> Creatures, and they sat watching them on a coral reef. Oh, coral singers. <laughs> and one by one, they named the fish they saw. There now follows an attempt on the world fish joke record. <laughs> Are you ready? On your mark. Set. Look, a fish playing a guitar. Julian Bream. And I'll run. Max Roach. And one on back pedal. And a pang salmon. Salmon? Salmon shot evening. Or it could be. I'm the friend. You must need a herring head. Don't shout. Oh, yeah, head beak. Don't cough. Here comes the oyster parade. Ah, oh, happy taste for here again. And what are those scruffy little boys? Lee Ashton. What were those? Smelt. They still do. Oh, and that one that looks like Julie Andrews. Big starfish. Another carrying today's newspaper. Tropical fish. That was a shocking one. Happy shellfish. You're losing your sense of corpus. I feel ill. Don't flounder. Then welcome to a sardine end. <laughs> Result of that event, the I'm sorry I'll read that again. Team scored 22 fish jokes in 45.3 seconds, a new British, European, and world record. They will now collect their prize of six squid each. <laughs> For hours, the professor and his little party searched the ocean floor. Oh, back to that. Water. Ah, Manchester. 
No, I believe they call it Atlantis. Atlantis! Somewhere on the seabed. Very well. I shall take you to King Neptune. He should know about it. Follow me. With a seductive flick of her tail, <laughs> she disappears into a yawning cavern. Yawn. Quick, after her. Quick, after her. Yes, quick, after me. Where are you? Come and find me. You're too old. This way. Too I think I'm getting warmer now. Good, quick, I'm on the ball. Let me know. The professor dives for the bottom. Oh, cheeky thing. <laughs> come then, come then, to So off they swam, and around them the seaweed gently waved. <laughs> and all the anemones were rippled by a cross current. Oh, I am cross. The whole scene was so beautiful and peaceful, till suddenly everything went black. Something above them was casting a giant, hideous shadow. Miranda! It's not me. I know, but what is it? It's a deadly enemy, a huge man-eating fish. Worse than sharks, worse than whales. Nothing's worse than whales, except possibly Birmingham. But what do you call this monster? It is known as... Yes? The Calibro Cob! Can our friends escape the dreaded fish fingers of the giant fish and avoid becoming cod pieces? Can Basil be written back in again next week? Will we ever hear from Spot again? No. Did we really miss Bill Oddie? Graham Garden, David Hatch, and Joe Kendall. The script was by Graham Garden and Bilotti, with additional material by John Junkin and John Cleese. Graham Chapman and John Cleese wrote the words of the song, and Chopin wrote the music. And as there are only 269 Chopin days to Christmas, don't forget your Chopin list. The rest of the music was arranged by Leon Cohen and played by Dave Lee and the boys. The whole was produced by David Hatch and Peter Tidridge, who fell into it. And John Otto Cleese has this comfort for all suffering listeners. Oh no, it's time to turn our read that again, folks. Again! Again! <laughs>